0: Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome everybody once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. Today's gonna be a little different because you've got just me on the program. And I wanted to, as we kick off the new year, spend a little time with you guys, just one-on-one and have a conversation about marketing and where I see marketing is today. Even though this podcast is me talking right now in your ear to you, I would love for it to be a dialogue. I'd love for you to reach out and tell me what you think about what I have to share and my thoughts and reflections. By the way, at the time of this recording, it's Friday afternoon, right before Super Bowl, and uh, the big game is Sunday. One of the things I love about the big game of course, of the commercials and I have so many fond memories, uh, one of which I'll come back to, the 1984 commercial introducing the Macintosh, but we'll get back to that. If I was to make a prediction on who wins the Super Bowl game, I am going to go with Kansas City. Let's see if my prediction is correct. Anyway, we are here to talk about marketing. And the reason I feel we need to talk about marketing, maybe some of you saw a post that I did on LinkedIn at the beginning of the year. And I I basically want to have like an audio version for you today of that post, of that conversation. And the reason that I sat down and, and wrote this very lengthy post was because I really feel that the discipline of marketing has changed so much that I see so many people struggling to articulate what marketing is within their organizations. And I'm not talking about Small companies. I'm not even talking about necessarily big companies. I'm talking about all companies. For 13 years, I've been running my agency, Demand Gen, and I've worked with some of the largest companies in the world and small little startups. And in every situation, I would say almost every situation, so few of the investors, the board of directors, and the C-suite really understand the power of marketing and what marketing is up to. So I just felt the need, the passion to write a post about how I think we should talk about marketing and reposition it in 2020. So thank you for joining me today on this episode with just me, and I'm going to kind of take you through what I, what I wrote about. If you haven't figured out by spending time with me here on Demand Gen Radio, I love, 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 love learning, I love technology, and I love marketing. And of course, I love people. I love I love all of you. I love the relationships that I have with my clients and with my team and with the people that I get to know through my journey. Every morning, I watch some YouTube. Every night, I watch some YouTube. I'm on LinkedIn, just sucking in information. And so I love to learn and I love technology. And those things, the people, the marketing, the technology, the learning, all those passions have led me in my career path and kept me in the field of marketing first as a practitioner for decades and then serving all of you. Uh, and it's, it's phenomenal. So I kind of sit here and I go, why do, why do I think people are struggling with defining what marketing is and why is it even important do I feel for us to get on the same talk track together? Uh, it's, it's just a calling. It's a, it's a feeling that I have. And, um, I would like to, if I had a single goal today on this episode, is to provide you a way to describe and talk about the discipline of marketing within your company. Because I think if we all get on the same page, it'll be helpful and it will advance all of us as a community. If I was to give a definition today of what marketing is, I would probably position it as that marketing creates and delivers personalized engagement at scale for the purpose of generating awareness, interest, desire, and action by an audience. I'll do it again faster. Marketing creates and delivers personalized engagement at scale for the purpose of generating awareness, interest, desire, and action by an audience. And when I coined the phrase demand gen and the demand funnel decades ago, I really had no idea that they would become essential terms for modern marketing. And so maybe this updated definition of marketing, if it helps you, maybe maybe that will stick as well. I think a lot of you know. Uh, in 2012, I wrote a book called Manufacturing Demand, and I wondered when I wrote that book if it would become outdated, like the moment it was printed, due to the rapid pace of change. Like I wondered, and and thought about like, is what I write here going to expire or be outdated? And I am pleased that it's still as relevant today as it ever was back then. But, and it's a very big but, like that book didn't provide a holistic framework for talking about modern marketing. And I feel it's really critically needed in 2020 that we do that. And as I said, why? Like marketing is really experiencing a bit of an identity crisis. I see it across our clients. I hear it from all of you. And, while i've led demand gen and and been guiding hundreds of companies through digital transformation it's it's just become very clear to me that most marketing teams and leaders are still struggling to explain what they are doing why they are doing it and what they have accomplished no other department to me is more mysterious and more misunderstood than than marketing i think so many other departments you can see what they do, either physically or their outputs. And yet, of course, in marketing, of course, you see all the creative and the brand and the videos and the content and those things, but how does that lead to the impact that it has on the business? So, as a guy who likes to explain complex things and teach others about technology, I spent about a month or so crafting that blog post. And now, as I just have a a more intimate conversation with all of you, I would like to just share with you my ideas and uh, I wrote in the post that you know as, as the French philosopher Blaise Pascal wrote you know I would have written a shorter letter but I didn't have more time so I would have made a shorter podcast but I feel like I have this time together with you and maybe you're out taking a walk maybe you're at the gym maybe you're on a commute somewhere and thank you for the the time together I think it's important to start by looking back and kind of see where we came from in the very first place. The 80s was a wonderful time for me. I was I was in high school and in college and I remember MTV. And And if you grew up in the 80s, uh, many of you know that, that those were good times and, and the music. Uh, I couldn't, I'll never forget the launch of Michael Jackson's Thriller, uh, which was this, I don't know if it was 12 or 17 minute music video that was coming out that was totally hyped And all of us would run home from school and go watch that video. And and MTV for us was a game changer in terms of not just our exposure to music, right? We had been listening to music our whole lives and now we were able to see music, but also MTV was a marketing channel like none other. And it really changed how we watch uh, TV. So many good movies back then. Faves of mine were were Back to the Future, War Games, which... uh, Definitely one of my favorites. Terminator came out and I was just blown away by, I love time travel and science fiction, but I also was just like the special effects as a guy who loves technology, amazing. But something else happened, which I touched off on right in the beginning of the episode is that this was the decade of the personal computer and the PC was born and the Macintosh, pick your brand. And it was January 24th, 1984, when that first Mac rolled off the assembly line and onto boxes on shelves. That was a game changer for so many of us. And we had to go to stores, of course. There was no Amazon back then. We shopped in stores and and mail order catalogs, and people explained how products work to us. So if you look at how marketing has evolved, back then sales showed us and demonstrated products. We walked into stores and talked to salespeople to learn about these products. Marketing's job, whoever created that amazing commercial at Apple and other companies who are doing awareness marketing were getting us to engage with salespeople. And that was what marketing was responsible for. Marketing was responsible for driving awareness and yes, interest and desire and yes, action, especially in b2c but we didn't have the internet we didn't have e-commerce so all roads led to people that we talked to about the products that we purchased with the exception of, of mail order and um so sorry for sears that they never stayed up with the times because sears was and the jc penny catalog was where people shopped and you don't really go there anymore so i feel that the personal computer that innovation was the catalyst for change for marketing like it was that device that changed marketing. And it, of course, changed marketing back then from a desktop publishing perspective. Like that was the value that the Macintosh brought. If you remember the, the original ads with a little hello, like almost drawn on the screen of the Macintosh, it was that computer that enabled us to do desktop publishing and create marketing collateral. So then what happened next was in the 1990s, when I worked at a company called Netopia, all of a sudden the internet is born. And for the very first time in my career, I could actually reach people with our marketing messages and interact with people online and didn't have to use a sales team to engage folks. And it was incredibly empowering for those of us in marketing during that era, to now have this new channel of communication, right? There was radio, there was TVs, there was billboards, direct mail, all these different channels. But now there was the internet. And I I definitely remember the first homepages as they were called back then on GeoCities in 1994. And to put that into perspective, Mark Zuckerberg, who's probably created more, let's call them homepages for individuals than anyone in the world, he and his team. He was only 10 years old. Uh, at the time, and, and as I like to say, birds only were the only things that tweeted back then. So it was the internet was the next catalyst, right? It was, it was the personal computer, and then it was the internet. And in the two thousands, especially two thousand seven, the year that I started Demand Gen, was the introduction of the iPhone by Steve Jobs, and still remember him up on stage introducing it as a device that was not only a phone, but it was. A device for your music, and it was a device for the internet, and it was a device for email, and it was a game changer because now the personal computer that we had in our homes and on our desktops at work, we could now hold a supercomputer in our hand, and this anywhere, anytime uh, platform for communication, interaction was a game changer. Anyone on the planet could discover research and buy products anywhere, anytime. And not to mention like this mobile technology created new companies like Uber and Lyft and those couldn't exist without it, right? I mean, so much technology came together, GPS and the mapping technology and location services and mobile commerce that they democratized driving and and gave all of us a private driver and so many other applications that would not exist if it wasn't for mobility in the palm of our hand, that kind of of horsepower and technology. And so that was it. Those things, the computer, the internet, especially high-speed internet, and the mobile device has forever changed our history, but has forever changed marketing as well. And so now we're at a stage where cloud computing has enabled us through CRMs and marketing automation and just thousands of MarTech and sales tech tools playing such a key role in reshaping the discipline of marketing. So I think because of all this rapid change, because of all this evolution and what marketing was and what marketing now can be to every organization, it's no wonder that marketing, like I say, is in this midst of an identity crisis. And I think it's up to all of us to help get ourselves out of that identity crisis, and as a community, explain what marketing does and our role to the people who need to hear this story, including ourselves. Despite all of the broadening duties and responsibilities, uh, somehow marketing's focus is all too often relegated to what I call like the top of the funnel, to lead generation. And that's a problem. That's a big part of the identity problem. And and it's not just a problem with the identity problem. It's like marketing to me is the most powerful department within an organization when it comes to revenue growth and driving growth. And the reason I think it's a big problem that marketing is so focused just on the top of the funnel is that the majority of your revenue, more than 65% of your revenue comes from your installed base. So marketing must focus on driving growth from customer acquisition and from the install base. And I had some conversations this week with a client on the East Coast, who's one of the largest payroll and HR service providers in the world. And the complaint, the discussion was how budget and resources and time are so limited in focus to net new. And yet they see tremendous opportunity to grow their install base. So why don't they focus on it more? Maybe it's their identity crisis. Maybe it's that we're not evangelizing enough to our investors, to the folks who invest in marketing, where we need to spend our time and effort. Let's talk about demand generation. And that's a big focus of this conversation I wanna have with you is the definition of demand generation. And so as the guy who like coined the phrase demand gen, Um, I own the worldwide trademark for it and own the demand, demand gen. I have demand gen radio and, and soon to be demand gen TV. Like I'm the demand gen guy and my company is all about demand gen. I never, ever meant demand gen to mean lead generation. That was never my intent. And I don't think I've ever described it that way. But somehow when you ask someone in the hallway what they think about Demand generation, what demand generation means, they think it means lead generation. You look at Wikipedia, which I wrote some notes here, says, demand generation is the focus of targeted marketing programs to drive awareness and interest in a company's products or services. So whoever wrote that on Wikipedia got it right. It doesn't say it's lead generation or net new. Demand generation is the focus of targeted marketing programs to drive awareness and interest in a company's products and or services. And that is to your next customer and to your current customers. And all these shifts in technology over the past few decades, along with recurring revenue models, have made it really, really important that we as marketers not only drive awareness and interest in a company's products and services, but we do it in every stage of the buyer's journey. And that includes post-sale as well. Closed one does not equal closed done. So what do we do? How do we talk about demand generation and marketing in a way in which we all can help evangelize and explain this discipline, this area that we work in? And by the way, if you're in sales, and I know so many of you are, you guys, I don't know if you're having an identity crisis, in sales, but it would be great as a shared community. I mean, we talk about sales and marketing alignment. It would be great if this message that I share with you, this framework that I'm about to unveil, if it resonates with you, help us talk about the discipline of marketing together as an aligned community across sales and marketing. So let's rebrand the marketing function. The first step is to change the narrative. And fortunately that's something marketing is very good at. So I think if this sticks with you, we'll all be able to to share this. I believe that as a function, marketing needs to move away from talking mainly about lead gen and lead management. Those words, be careful there. These terms have become like shorthand for net new leads only. Demand generation though, is not, as I said, just about net new. It encompasses demand at every stage of your buyer's journey including post-sale. So today, I want to unveil this demand generation framework, what I wrote about in this post. And the demand generation framework, I might even brand it the demand gen framework, is a holistic model for driving revenue across marketing, sales, and customer service. The demand generation framework is a holistic model for driving revenue across marketing, sales, and customer service. And it has three dimensions to it. And when I unveil this to you, if you haven't already seen the post, to me, it's like looking at a light bulb. Like Edison, I think, worked on like a thousand prototypes until he finally got it right. But when you look at a light bulb, it looks so simple. Like It's like this glass enclosed space with a filament wire that when you provide electricity, it heats up and glows and because it's in a contained space, it glows and doesn't burst into flames. Like, Why couldn't anybody have invented a light bulb? So maybe this is that light bulb for us. So the demand generation framework has three dimensions to it. Dimension number one is demand creation. So picture wherever you are right now that you're looking at a whiteboard and the word demand generation framework is above it. And below that are three circles, three areas, like an org chart. Demand creation is the first. And demand creation is all of our efforts and people and processes and technologies that are focused on generating net new awareness and engagement and leads from prospects and targeted accounts. So demand creation is about filling the top of the funnel, if you want to use that term. It is about creating net new Interest in our products and services. The second dimension is demand management. And demand management are the processes and systems for managing pipeline across sales and marketing to increase efficiency and win rates. And so, if we call it demand creation and demand management, those two dimensions, when combined together, is what generates new customers for us. It's those two dimensions. So, it may not come as a surprise that the third dimension is demand expansion. And those are the efforts that are focused on maximizing retention and revenue within your customer base. So, there you have it the demand generation framework is demand creation, demand management, and demand expansion. And together, if we get really good at drawing that on whiteboards and using that syntax when we talk about revenue growth and what's needed we cover all three important dimensions all of our bases are covered creating demand managing demand and expanding demand demand creation demand management and demand expansion i, I want to give you a, a metaphor let's let's switch the narrative just a little bit and i want you to think of like optimal health right so what would it take to achieve optimal health at least three things but let's follow it as a parallel so sleep nutrition, and exercise. So those three dimensions that I share with you, demand creation, demand management, and demand expansion, are like optimal health is to sleep, nutrition, and exercise. So you might start thinking about like, where is lead management? Are are Dave, are you saying we're not going to talk and use the word lead anymore, lead management? No, we are. But they fall under these areas. So just as like food and hydration will go under nutrition, one of those I gave as optimal health things like lead management and lead scoring and nurturing and the demand funnel, they fall under demand management. What about things like ABM? Well, for one thing, while I believe in the practice of ABM, I don't want to put ABM like off in its own thing because to me, ABM spans all three of those dimensions, right? ABM is relevant to demand creation because you're going after targeted accounts. ABM is relevant to demand management because you're using engagement tools and and engagement to take the targets that you've gone after and convert them. It covers sales and marketing. Um, it's also relevant to demand expansion because you're going to use ABM for targeting your existing customers. And I think you all know I don't love the acronym ABM because it says ABM for marketing and it should just be account-based growth or account-based, but let's not tuck it in its own little place. You remember the term social selling? Well, that's no longer used. Social is an integrated part of sales and marketing and customer. And I think ABM is going to wind up in the same type of thing where we're not going to have to like call it out. It's just good marketing. We'll come back to that another time. So in order to achieve this rebrand together, we, we need to like learn and internalize and evangelize this demand generation framework and really talk about it regularly and talk about these three essential functions. And if you start thinking about it, like this makes it really easy to explain what we are doing and what we need to do. Think about it right now. Of those three dimensions, where is your team or company crushing it? Are you really great? At net new, to creating demand, how about demand management? Is the demand that you're creating, the leads that you're generating, whatever you want to call them, how's your win rates and conversion to pipeline? Or do you need to put more focus there? And then what about that install base? Are you reducing attrition and focusing on creating more lifetime value from your customers? So a picture's worth a thousand words, and today we're spending this time on this podcast. And so the only visuals you have in your head are the ones that I paint for you. So I, I would like to ask you to go to demandgen.com at some point and go to our resources hub and grab a visual called the Demand Factory. And it's a, it's a visual depiction of what I'm describing to you. We're working on an updated version of it because when I created the Demand Factory years ago with my marketing team and really polished it up last year and made posters and all kinds of fun stuff, we gave it a nickname and we called it Acme to make it easy to remember these areas that I'm describing to you. And Acme stood for acquire, convert, measure, and expand. And so I'm really trying to simplify the visuals instead of having four things to remember, acquire, convert, measure, and expand. If you think about it, A, C, and E is parallel to what I just described, demand creation, demand management, and demand expansion. So we'll update those visuals, but go get it. And I've got these visuals in phenomenal PowerPoint slides. And I have offered you guys books and all kinds of stuff, and you do take me up on it. And so once again, if you would like some of these things that I'm sharing with you in the form of PowerPoint slides, just ping me. I've got a phenomenal team. You reach out to me on LinkedIn. I get that stuff to you, and I think, again, if we all share the same visuals and talk the same narrative, we can help really explain the discipline of marketing and get the investment and resources we need to maximize revenue growth, because that's what this is all about. At the end of the day, everybody at a company is doing two things, delighting customers and focus on getting more of them. Right? I want to introduce one more thing in terms of changing the narrative, is that we have got to stop using the baton passing metaphor. And I want to apologize to all of you that have seen visuals or slides or heard me describe the baton pass between marketing and sales, because it's bad. And, there, and there, ever since serious decisions introduced the demand waterfall, and analysts and thought leaders have described this baton pass that occurs between marketing and sales. It really needs to stop because the metaphor, even though a relay team is one team, the metaphor is a baton pass. It's it's a handoff from one individual, which is a team to another. And that is not the way sales and marketing and customer service need to work in this day and age. It used to be when I started the podcast with you today, I talked about how marketing generated awareness and led them to sales, who was then the Sherpa to take them through the education process and then the buying process. But that is no longer true today. In fact, so many companies, I'll give you a factoid, by 2025, 85% of companies will have e-commerce for providing their services. And some of you out there don't do any e-commerce today, but you will, and it's coming. It's without question. We're all consumers and we're buying our stuff online. Why do? Why would any business not serve us and the generations to come online? It's without question. So relay races are a team sport. I, the analogy worked at some point. But as I've talked about with my good friend, John Miller, who's the co-founder of Marketo and the founder of Engagio, Engageo. Uh, And we talked about this on a a recent podcast as well. So you've heard me say it before, like this mental visual of the baton passing suggests that there's a handoff and not ongoing collaboration. So it's Super Bowl weekend when I'm recording this. And I think we should talk about the work we do together as teams in sales and marketing and customer service using a football analogy or something similar. Because when a football team makes a play, they've carefully selected each member based on their unique skills and expertise, right? They're all united in their goal of scoring a touchdown, which is customer acquisition or customer growth. But a play at the 20-yard line will look very different than one at a 50-yard line. And especially even on the second or third down, different players change. So think about that. You're investing in sales enablement and sales engagement technology, you're using account-based marketing approaches. Who owns the top of the funnel? Everybody. Who owns the middle of the funnel? Everybody. And who owns the lower funnel, customer expansion, demand expansion? Everybody. We do have different primary roles in some of those areas. I would say that it is marketing's primary responsibility in demand creation. I would say it's more balanced in demand management. And I would say it's more customer service and marketing in demand expansion. But it's not that somebody owns one area and other people get to wipe their hands. It's, it's a team sport. It's more like football. It's not a baton pass. And if you're not a football fan and you didn't watch the Super Bowl, well, find another team sport maybe lacrosse water polo i don't know soccer whatever works but let's not use baton passing anymore and talk about where sales owns this and marketing owns that it's it's a team so we're on a we're on a journey together we've got to change the narrative and uh, if you if you stuck with me this long in this podcast and i am glad that you have i hope you found these thoughts uh, insightful and helpful um, It's a simple framework, the demand generation framework, demand creation, demand management, and demand expansion. So is the light bulb. And I'd love to see us all drawing this out, using slides that communicate this. And like I said, if you want these slides, if you have meetings coming up where slides would help you talk about what you guys are doing, think about how easy it would be to describe your initiatives Under each one of those areas and explain why you have initiatives in each area, why you need resources, people, technology, and dollars in each area. I think we're going to make the conversations that we have with our quote investors much easier if they help, if we help them understand what we are doing today in marketing. I hope all of you had a wonderful new year. I hope you make 2020 your best year. On a personal note, I want to thank you because it is January 31st and I peeked into my podcast platform and found that January had the most listenership of any month in the two plus years that I've been doing this. And I have you guys to thank for that. It is, um, it's really a privilege to take this time and, and be in your ear every week. And it's rare that I get this time alone with you where I'm not with a guest. And so I really cherish it. And I hope you found this uh, podcast at least insightful if not yet helpful for us doing what we need to do. I look forward to seeing all of you on the next episode. I have an incredible lineup coming and no doubt you guys are are thirsty for, for more and more content. So it's coming. I've talked about Demand Gen TV a few times in some recent episodes and uh, we're starting to record content there and I think you're really going to like it and you'll hear more about that. And for some of you, which I really appreciate who send me notes on LinkedIn and tell me that you've been listening to every episode for the past year or you just tuned in and started listening and you appreciate the content, thank you because this makes it all worthwhile and I really enjoy our time together. Once again, have a great year and I'll catch you next week.